KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The federal moratorium on evictions is set to expire next week on June 30th. That could be disastrous for millions of people behind on their rent. The Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the nation's largest health philanthropy, is calling for that moratorium to be extended. Now, this is an imminent crisis, but it also flows into a serious affordable housing problem, which was with us as a country well before COVID-19. We wanted to talk about all of this, so we caught up with Dr. Avanel Joseph. She is the vice president of policy for the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Give a listen. So as it stands right now, what is the state of eviction moratoriums on the federal level? Is it June 30th they are set to expire? Am I correct? On June 30th, it is set to expire. And that means after that point, there's no more eviction protections that are in place. And eviction proceedings can be finalized all across the country. And 11 million people who currently rent their homes and are uh, back on their rent are at risk of losing their homes. I feel like this is a wave throughout this pandemic we've kind of been waiting to crest. And could we be on the precipice of this and not quite understand the gravity of what could be hitting? That's certainly what what we fear at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. We know that having safe, secure, uh, affordable housing is key to living a healthy life. And the federal government put many protections in place, understanding the impacts of the health pandemic itself and the economic downturn. But we're now coming to an end of some of those protections. And I'm not quite sure that the gravity of the situation has hit just yet. Congress and the federal government has allocated more than $45 billion in rental assistance. And the whole point of the eviction moratorium was that this would be a temporary protection until we could get some more resources into the hands of renters who needed it. But unfortunately, getting that money to the right people has taken way longer than anybody anticipated. And still, many states and localities are having a hard time locating the people who need to get that rental assistance and actually distributing it to them. Are we in a bureaucracy spiral? Is that the main problem here? Why the money's not getting from A to B? I think it's a couple of different things. But yes, I think the first thing is that we have the Department of Treasury for the first time ever has been tasked with uh, doing rental assistance. That's new for the Treasury Department. And now they have to work to get that money down to the states who then have to get the money down to localities who then have to get the money down to the renters. And all of that takes putting new systems in place setting eligibility criteria, ensuring that we can verify who's getting uh, the resources that are are intended for them. All of those processes, those systems take a long time. And so, yes, unfortunately, some of it is just bureaucracy. The pandemic put this problem of affordable housing on steroids, but this is not new for the U.S., right? If you, you and I are talking in March of 2019, it may have not been at this crisis level on a national scale, but it was a significant issue, no? Absolutely. Uh, We had an affordable housing crisis long before COVID-19. One in seven households were spending half or more of their income on housing, leaving less for food, for healthcare, or for savings. And when you talk about um, renters or households who have kids, that's one in five. So one in five households with children were spending 
more than half of their income on housing and we're in an unaffordable housing, unsustainable housing situation. The pandemic has just made that problem worse. And I think, as you said, it's made it hard to, to ignore, especially for uh, people who are in low wage jobs and for people of color who've been hit hardest by COVID. Across the country, we have rising rents, we have increasing home prices, and those have outpaced wages and is widening the divide in terms of our nation's health. And now we're in a situation where this eviction moratorium, which was in place to sort of recognize the affordable, uh, the affordable housing crisis was going to get worse because of the economic downturn, is going to end in just a week on June 30th, meaning that millions are going to face eviction. The process of eviction is a very tumultuous one. It's one that impacts mental health of families, of course, impacts the stability of getting other resources like food assistance, health insurance. It has uh, long-term impacts on, on mental health, depression, uh, likely suicide. Those are all things that we want to avoid, and we want to keep people in their homes where they can stay healthy. When we're looking at this problem, obviously, I think your, your top line concern is obviously the people who would be put out on the street. But there, I think, are a lot of good faith people renting and in charge of buildings who are probably trying their best to, to juggle things to keep people in. But it's just not tenable because they've got mortgages this is a kind of a rolling crisis uphill, right? Absolutely. And that's the whole point of the rental assistance. I mean, the rental assistance was given by the federal government so that it can get into the hands of renters, so that renters can pass it on to their landlords, so that landlords can pay their mortgage. And unfortunately, that cycle isn't quite, um, it's jump-started, but it hasn't quite gotten into a groove yet. And so the money isn't getting to the people who need it the most or to the landlords who are really facing this precarious situation themselves because of, of back rent. You know, Philadelphia has some really interesting um, programs in place because while they're allowing for landlords to pursue evictions again, in order to pursue an eviction, the landlord itself has to apply for federal aid on behalf of the tenant. So it helps to jumpstart that process. It helps um, landlords who are often have, um, or at least sometimes have more time and resources to do so, to fill out the paperwork in order to get the back rent that they're, that they're owed. So let's kind of turn the corner and let's look at ways to address this. Uh, I mean, obviously, I would guess on top of the line would be expen extending the, the moratorium, but on a broader, really getting, you know, deep to the roots of this, how do we fix affordable housing in the U.S.? Yeah, so I think you're right, Matt. The first thing is that we have to extend the federal eviction moratorium. Um, I think the second sort of immediate solution is to strengthen the moratorium. Unfortunately, um, the eviction moratorium itself isn't known universally. Um, across the country, different states have different eligibility and um, requirement rules for renters in order to access the moratorium. Um, and so people are unfortunately getting kicked out of their homes even when the moratorium is in place. So there are some strengthenings of the moratorium that we can do as we extend it. We also need to, for a long-term basis, we need to 
change the mentality that guarantees housing as a human right. I think for some reason in this country, housing is, being homeless is one of those things that's sort of accepted. Oh, okay, you get kicked out on the street and you'll be okay. <laughs> you know, Really, a person needs a safe, stable home, a healthy home in order to live a healthy life. Those things are, are too closely connected in order for us to ignore one. We also have to expand and preserve the supply of affordable homes. There's not a single state or a single district in America that has an adequate supply of affordable housing for families with the lowest income. Uh, we have to provide emergency rental assistance in any crisis. I mean, this pandemic has certainly exasperated a lot of different um, financial woes, but those things exist when there are other smaller economic downturns as well. And having a, a pool of rental assistance that can be put in place to help renters when they're back on their rent and help landlords would be incredibly important. How did we get to a point where affordable housing is just not available? Is this... I mean, I know free markets and all that, but it, it seems to me this is kind of the, the the part that's not talked about is why there is this gaping hole in in houses your average family could pursue to either rent or own. Yeah, Matt, it's a really complicated question. But over the past century, discriminatory housing policy has resulted in widespread residential segregation and systemic public and private sector disinvestment in many communities. You might ha you have very rapid raising of rates in other communities, forcing the affordability crisis even closer to the cliff. So it's a very complicated equation, but one of the root causes really is, unfortunately, discriminatory um, and racist housing policy that's been in place in this country for, for 100 years. Is that something that you see starting to be addressed? I know it's not something just, you know, sign a bill and have a ceremony and everything's great. But are you starting to see jurisdictions, cities, states start to address and push it in the right direction? Absolutely. And we're starting to see new models of home ownership to start to pop up. Things like community and nonprofit ownership of housing, which helps to keep prices down and keep things affordable for those who are either owning or renting versus having only private equity behind affordable housing. We have localities who are strengthening their rules around what the requirements for developers who are developing new um, apartments in the cities, expanding tax credits and housing choice vouchers, and making upgrades to public housing. All of those things are, are things that are happening in sm smaller communities and in localities across the country. And getting back to the rental assistance and the money that's been allocated but is struggling to filter down, have we done that right? Now, I know, to be very fair, these are programs that were developed on the fly as we were being punched in the nose by a crisis. So I think a little grace is needed that maybe things weren't done right, but this was not the best of circumstances. Are there ways we can do that better? You know, I love that description, Matt. I thought that was <laughs> that's absolutely great. 
you know, I think this is an example of, you know, a really good policy that was in place, right? Congress and the government recognized we have people who are in the middle of a crisis, going to a health crisis where they need to stay socially distanced from people, homeless or sitting in the living room, crowded living rooms with other family or friend members. That's not a good thing to be in. And so we're going to provide rental assistance to allow people to stay in that home, their homes. I think that is a really good policy. But you're right. It was happening in the midst of uh, a pandemic where lots of other programs were being put in place. Tax credits across the, uh, you know, across the nation had to be implemented. All sorts of things were happening. Um, and it's just sort of an example that even when you have a good policy that's passed down from the federal government, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in order for that policy policy to be implemented equitably, certainly quickly and timely. And you need to give some space, some time and some grace for those kinks to get worked out. And many states, localities, nonprofits across the country are working on getting this rental assistance to the people who need it. There's just more time that's needed. And in the meantime, we don't want to jumpstart evictions again and start kicking people off um, out of their homes, which is why we're calling for the eviction moratorium to be extended. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.